Well, it's finally happened. We have to admit it was the news that every Albion fan has been waiting for for a few days, if not a few weeks. And it arrived this morning when Steve Bruce was sacked as the Baggies manager after what we can only describe the dreadful run. Was it done too late? Where do Albion go now? And who is in the frame for the managerial hot seat at the Hawthorns? They are all questions we're going to answer on this week's episode of the Baggies broadcast. I'm Johnny Jury. As always, I'm joined by Lewis Cox. Lewis, been a busy morning, but I think you were caught caught in the car, weren't you, when the old Bruce <laughs> had the can? Yeah, mate. As always a way, isn't it, with uh, anything breaking. Um, yeah, I was due to do a late shift today, funnily enough. And as um, as Albion fans will know, there's a under-21s game tonight uh, at Hensford Town, which I'm heading to. That was the plan. I'm still heading there happily um, because Mr Beal is, you know, our, our new interim chief. Is, is still in charge of the 21s tonight. So even more of a reason to get along to Hensford. And yeah, because uh, I was I was enjoying a nice little trip up the motorway first thing. And there we go, the phone starts blowing up. So yeah, always the way, but ended up in, in, in what will probably be a, what, 14, 15 hour shift today. But here we are. We do it because we love it, eh, Johnny? Yeah, yeah. They dropped, they dropped the bombshell this morning. Um, I was... Actually, my I sat down for work today. I was like Monday, usually a pretty quiet day. I like to listen to something while I'm while I'm working. So I had a little BBC Sounds True Crime podcast on. I was about five minutes into it, and I saw a message: Bruce has gone. So uh, cheers, Ron Gawley. I'm gonna have to could, listen to that. You could definitely to listen to that some um, true crime pun into. Um, yeah, yeah, I should have thought of that one. Yeah, slipped me by. But um, but Bruce is gone. Um, we'll talk through that. The, pro- the other problems at the club because certainly sacking Steve Bruce doesn't solve. Um, the mountain of problems that West Brom have at the moment. We'll talk a little bit about if we've got time about a few planned protests that we've seen. You know, fans still unhappy with the, they say the board, but the board is is non-existent really. The, the ownership of the club really. Your questions. Uh, the interim team, um, which seems to have grown later this morning, um, and who takes over now? But we'll start on Bruce, um, Lewis. It probably was well, it was inevitable. Um, but there is an argument that this should have happened. Three games ago, really, after that international break, uh, before <clears> that international break, where um, after they lost to Blues, got the, we got the, the point against Norwich, of course, which probably yeah. stopped it happening then, potentially. Um, is it? It's, he's gone, which Albion fan, yeah, great, you know, then we need change because of where Albion are, but should this have happened three weeks ago? Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a strong argument for that isn't there um clearly you know results the league table but i think we did a short video earlier didn't we not long after the the breaking news and you mentioned the blues game there i think that was i think for many or not maybe not many but for some fans perhaps straw that broke the camels back and that, that that was really the start of big discontent wasn't there that that was i, I remember going to that game actually and thinking this is a big old game for the manager by that point, there'd been a lot of draws and uh, maybe one win and one defeat, I think. And it, it felt like it was either going to, the balance was going to tip one way or the other with that Blues game. And it was the first game in a, in a little while after the um, the news of the Queen and so on. And, and it was only, it was going to go one way or the other, being a derby as well under the lights at night. And it went terribly, didn't it? And and it didn't, things didn't really recover. As you say, Albion went to Norwich after that, which is a tough old game, as we all know. And did well obviously situations with that game being able to defend and and, and that went in their favor and, and that was an encouraging performance with some encouraging individual performance but then we had the two-week international break didn't we and and we obviously understood before that international break that the manager wasn't going to be relieved of his duties through it and and that the pe- period when championship returned i think albion had five or six games on the spin i mean we've had three of them now but really on paper games that you know could be a start of a turnaround you could really sort of uh, fight back and it just hasn't happened in this last what eight nine days has it Swansea Swansea uh, Preston and and Luton at one point from a possible nine there it's this had to be the week this was do or die for for Bruce regards final straw turning it round if it had one or three Big if, obviously, and it it might have been the start of something. But um, I'll you know, one win in thirteen, isn't it? Just 
wins haven't looked anywhere near likely that coming. And yeah, I, I mean, what did you say there? Three three games ago, I think there's a fair argument for it as as to how the table looked. But the the, the decision was made after Norwich heading into that international break that there was sufficient games coming up, and 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 that's the decision that was made. And I suppose we could argue if we were you know, till we were blue in the face whether that was right or wrong, couldn't we? I'm sure there's fans who probably on both sides of that. And I know, obviously, I understand that many large portion, large percentage want to change a manager. But um, Bruce obviously got a stay of execution a little while longer, but it, it couldn't go on, could it? I think it was um, it reached untenable regards the. The, the protests, some chants, you know, other situations. Um, but ultimately, Johnny, the bottom line is always that results and performances weren't good enough. That that's that's the bottom line, isn't it? The bottom line is the league table after 13 games and and results. Although, admittedly, that there's a league table and results haven't been good enough for quite some weeks, have they? If if not months, probably. Yeah. Um, a lot of the flack has been directed at Bruce. Bruce is the man on the touchline. He's the man in the firing line. Um, he's repeatedly said he's not going to go. Um, and just my assessment of the situation, a lot of fans have said, oh, he wasn't going because he wanted to pay off and all this. And the more I thought about that, some a, a guy rang into BBC WM um, on Saturday, which I listened to on the way back from the game. And he said, "That's he, he can't for one minute think that would be true because Bruce had a well-publicised payoff from Newcastle. He's been at the top of the game for 30 years. You know, all right. Yeah, twenty yeah. odd, yeah. You know, he's managed every managerial job he's had. I think has been in the top two divisions. Um, football, football-wise, he was in the Premier League, wasn't he? I can't imagine he was hanging on at Albion for that payoff. But uh, he got a lot of the flack. But we knew quite early on that Bruce wasn't going to quit, even though we kept asking the questions about his time being up and what up. Mm-hmm. But I think the questions we've got to ask, be asked of. You know, I said on Saturday of Ron Gourlay because Ron Gourlay is the man on the ground in terms of the, being a chief executive. Okay, lie as well, but lie, you know, is nowhere around the club. You know, he's non-existent almost. The fact that it's had to go to this depth, that we've got to go to joint bottom of the table. Let and let's be frank about it. If all if the if Coventry win their games in hand and so do Huddersfield, West Brom are rock bottom. You know, hopefully it yeah. won't get to that. But yeah. the fact that it's taken this long. When it came through this morning, I was more shocked that Bruce had been sacked this morning, to be honest, because I'd, I'd sort of set my... You just, you just, come to you just got used to him being there and you just think, yeah. I don't know what he can do. Unless he's yeah. like five points adrift at the foot of the table, is he going to get the sack? And that's surely a question that Ron Gourlay's got to answer. And if West Brom are brought into a dogfight this season and they're still down there, which hopefully the, 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 the appointment is right and that doesn't happen. We've still got plenty yeah. of time to go. But if it comes down to... If it comes down to Albion, say, for example, hopefully not staying up, but say they have a gone a good run and get to the play, get outside the playoffs. If they miss out by three or four points, you've got a question why this decision has taken so long to make. Yeah, undoubtedly. Because it was hard to see. I, for a long time, thought Bruce could turn this round. After Blues, I questioned it. Certainly after Preston, I thought, there's no return now. There's no return. Yeah. But yeah, how I it's think, been um... going to go on for these last three or four games is really... You know, we, and Ron Gawley's talked about transparency and hopefully he'll sit down with a local journalist at some point, which he previously did when he took the job. And that's a question that, you know, I'm sure a lot of fans would want the answer to is why is it taking this long? Yeah, because I, I think, think it was pretty evident that it wasn't going to turn around. Lots of um, fans would agree with your sort of timeline there in regards questions after the Blues game. I mean, some would have happily seen him out the door after the Blues game, but that, that was... That was a, a real low point, wasn't it? Prior to that, they'd been, all right, not the wins, but I think Albin had been unlucky on several occasions, you could say, and performed well on on occasions. But questions after those Blues game, after the Blues game. And then I, for me, I mean, you mentioned Preston there, which was what, how many days ago now? Five or whatever, last, last Wednesday. But I think the Swansea one before that was the first game back, wasn't it? And yeah. the start of that period where the manager was meant to turn it, turn it around and... Just uh, Bruce's Albion somehow managed to snatch defeat from the the jaws of victory there, didn't they? I mean, how they lost that that Swansea game. I think I think the Luton one just gone the nil nil style, mate. That I feel like the writing was on the wall 
probably prior to that, I do, to be honest. Um, Preston away. I mean, we know about Albion's away record and fortunes. Going back prior to Bruce, don't we? It's, it's been dreadful for, well, beyond a year now, I think. Um, obviously, before my time covering the club. but And, and that, was, that was really miserable, wasn't it? Um, Preston last week. That was a really grim evening on many counts. But I... I just thought as soon as Swans two Saturdays ago came back, obviously they were ahead, Albion came back, and then Swans came back again themselves. As soon as that Colin Grant penalty didn't do the job. And then when Swansea, 89th minute winning, I think, from 2-1 down, I, I really feared. I really feared that was probably the moment where I, I thought this is this is probably done. And I'm struggling to see a way back here. I'm struggling to see... From there, Bruce going and winning at Preston and winning the, you know, winning against Luton. So for me, arguably, two games after what what I thought it it could and should probably have been. I mean, it's only it's it's only a week, isn't it, in the grand scheme of things? But I appreciate games tick by, thick and fast, aren't they? And points tick by, and one win in thirteen for Albion. And yeah, do you know, Johnny, you, you are right because, as as we mentioned, a, a busy week there. That three, four, five, six points could. I mean, yeah, heavens forbid the next appointment doesn't come off and Albion are still straddling down the bottom. And as you say, could be could be a massive difference between the bottom ends of the table. Hopefully that's not the case, but if you're right, if the appointment does come off and Albion are fighting near where they need to be, if those points are a difference between a, a top six spot or who knows, even a top two spot, then I think I think this period will certainly be addressed and revisited, won't it? That that pulling the the trigger too late, not you know not 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 weeks and weeks and weeks and months too late, but too late um, if if it doesn't come off. And we'll see. I mean, there, you know, we know obviously Bruce was you know, Ron Gourlay's colours were very much to, to Bruce's mast. It, it was his his man a very quick appointment in February after coming to the club, wasn't he? And and obviously the two of them are close in terms of their relationship and have previous together and. Clearly, I mean, Bruce said a couple of times a, a week or so ago, didn't he, in a press conference, not not necessarily said in it together, but I remember Bruce coming out with, you know, we need wins for for the chief executive, by the way. And you're sort of thinking, well, that's interesting. The manager's sort of pointing towards the pressure that the chief exec's under there. Um, sort of started to feel like they were, I, I don't know, and I don't mean it derogatory when I say in it together, but, you know, they were very much, in each other's camp and um and perhaps look obviously they've got a good relationship steve bruce would back you know look at his championship record steve bruce would back his own ability to turn it around it wasn't happening obviously and um and and ron gorlo went along with that now that could be a decision he comes to regret couldn't it as we spoke about um but i think for the immediate future for the now the here and now ron gorlo's got to focus on those job applications that are coming in, thick and fast, no doubt, and sifting through those and, and getting that getting that right. Because as as we'll get onto this this next appointment, will surely define his his time as as decision maker at Albion, and well, it's going to define this season and I mean arguably the seasons to come. It's a massive appointment, isn't it? Yeah, no, it is a massive appointment, which we'll get onto. Um, if they get this appointment right that will probably take some of the heat in the meantime off Lai and off Gourlay. Yeah. But if they get it wrong, that will ramp up. I've seen three or four, um, whether there's any substance to them, planned protests for the next few games, uh, Bristol City and Sheffield United, the, the next two home games. Um, I think the fans will still continue to keep the heat up on the pair of them, certainly Lai. Um, as yeah. things progression and on the lie stuff it's just interesting to say and i saw this comment you know people say lie I, lie probably wants out of west brom as much as supporters want him out of west brom um it's not a case of it's not like a, che- a chief executive or a manager who can walk away from a job you know lie is the owner of the football club but i'm sure the more heat that's turned up on him by supporters the more it is likely for him to sell the club even though he wants to sell it anyway well it's um, a, I suppose, at the bottom line is what um what he's offered for it, isn't it? That's yeah. the that's the the be all and end all, and that's his prerogative as owner. So, and um, and it'd be interesting to see what's what's out there and 
what interesting parties think of what's going on on the pitch at the moment because being at the bottom end of the championship and or you know in relation to in comparison to being at the top end of the championship brings some discrepancy in value i would say and and what uh you know what something's worth so that's something worth bearing in mind as well yeah no certainly just we'll go back to bruce now um for you lewis is um is that bruce done on the touchline now you know i can't see him getting another championship or certainly obviously not gonna get another premier league job is he gonna is he um has he got the stomach to go a bit further down or i know he mentioned when he got the albion job he had an offer from abroad or is it time yeah to I, put, I, them, I, put them feet up i mean i can't i can't speak for him i, I can't remember him to you know addressing it in a, in a press conference with us but i'd be surprised if he went into something else again immediately um in the immediate future he's had he's had a rough few jobs um hasn't he and so I do, I, there's there's a part of me that has sympathy with him for that uh he's come in and, and backed himself to to turn Albion around obviously off the field struggles for a little while now and well on the field as well certainly last season but it just hasn't been able to do it has if I was to ask myself, has he did he underestimate the scale of the job here? Possibly. I think he said on multiple occasions he he, he backed himself to turn it around, and he 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 couldn't. He hasn't been able to. He had a lot of stuff to look at in the summer, didn't he? A lot of stuff to address, and and did bits well, did bits not so well. Didn't get what he would have liked fully in the window. Had some bad luck. Had some things go his way, and it just hasn't hasn't worked. So, I. I don't know. I mean, like he said, all the things he said towards the end of his reign were that he still had that sort of desire fight in him. Yeah, at 61, after how many years as a manager, it's it's credible to be honest. But I mean, why 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 put yourself through it is what I think. I mean, yeah. I don't know about you, but I just think is, is like, it. We really talked we, we talked there towards the end of his reign. I thought Saturday's Saturday's answers to questions. Um, yeah, you know, he, he, he's pedal. Bruce's pedal. Don't get me wrong. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna look at a couple of positives from Bruce's reign in a minute. But he he's pedaled the line of these supporters haven't been happy for the last two two and a half years. You know about what's happening at the sport club. They haven't. Um, they haven't, Steve. But don't look at that. Concentrate on your own reign. You know, your own eight months of yeah. the job. Um, you know there was a few other things. Sort of he said. You know I don't know he's backing himself saying he's got a thousand games in the. Yeah. management and stuff and it was just it felt like that he was felt, the he, end really yeah he felt, he felt really. a bit, when, um, when you start when you have to use them sort of lines then you're obviously fighting against a pretty strong tie yeah he there've been a couple of um post matches i think recently where he, he, he he's felt a little bit deflated to the point of maybe being defeated um the tense comment as well before um, one of the games you know i'm confident we can finish above where we finished last yeah season. yeah, yeah. like a little bit of a that was that was quite damaging wasn't it yeah uh, um but he he was giving clearly as much as he could give yeah and, and nothing was coming off was it i mean look at the table horrific looking yeah. table horrific looking set of results um and that must be quite damaging that must be quite deflating when you yeah. feel like you're giving you all you know at, yeah. at, at an not a young age we should add um so I mean I wouldn't I wouldn't blame him if he uh jetted out for a couple of months in the sun to be honest yeah. uh <laughs> I I don't know I'd, I'd be surprised if we saw him pitch up elsewhere certainly in England before January now that's not me saying I think he'd work ab- abroad but I think that might be more appealing down the line because it takes a lot of the heat off things doesn't it but um but let's see I as I say he he's gone through a fair bit um, in recent jobs, and the end can't have been easy here, as, as the heat, you know, cranked up from the terraces and and other directions. So he's probably there's probably a bit of a little bit of relief on his part that you know he's finally been relieved of his duties, and I'm sure he'll keep an interested eye on on how this season goes, and I'm sure he'll hope that the club can turn it around because he won't want surely to have his name to the start of. I mean, heaven forbid, Albion being sucked further and further into championship trouble this season and, and going down a division rather than where everyone wanted up the division. He won't want his name, name in that. So, 
so hopefully he's not and hopefully in the next few days and next week and this this massive appointment plays out how it needs to because things can't get any more desperate can they from the pitch and the table perspective it just surely can't get any worse no no you're absolutely right i'm gonna play not devil's advocate here but um, there's a lot of things that went wrong with Steve Bruce. A lot of things that he did wrong. You know, he came in and tried to change to a back four straight away when Albion were pretty solid. Um, some people could say question selections. You know, he got a lot of flack early on for not picking Taylor Gardner Hickman quite a while. Um, various other little bits and bobs. You know, the substitutions on Saturday. Um, yeah. But I'm just going to. There's two things. I I look I looked at obviously the negatives outweigh the positives because, you know. Of course, they do. West Brom are 22nd in the championship table and Bruce come in when they were fifth. So, he's done, you know, he hasn't done a good job. But two positives I will look at. One is that if you compared West Brom's squad now to what it was when Bruce arrived, minus Sam Johnston, which was beyond his control because Johnston wasn't under, well, his contract was going to run out in the summer. He was never going to sign a new contract. Um, West Brom's squad, I would say, pound for pound is probably better now than it was when Bruce got the job. And I yeah. will put and I'll give credit to Bruce for that. If you look at his signings, certainly Swift and Wallace, I don't think West Brom certainly wouldn't have got Wallace if Bruce wasn't in charge. We know his sort of links to him. Mm-hmm. Um Yukushlu, that that might have happened, probably would have happened because of his previous with Albion. But a few good signings, you know, they thought he's brought in Thomas Asante, he's brought in a couple of others. So I think the squad is in a better place. The other positive I'll have is two Sam Allardyce, both Sam Allardyce and Valerian Ishmael could not get a peep out of Grady Diangana. And Steve Bruce has now managed to reignite Grady Diangana's career at West Brom. Um, and we know that because Grady Diangana's credited a lot of it to Bruce for the way that he's dealt with him. A lot like the way that Bruce had a relationship with Alan St. Maximan at Newcastle and mm. got quite, quite a good tune out of him. Um, so, yeah, the negatives do outweigh the positives. But what I will say is they are, they are two positives that Bruce can or Albion fans can take you know they'll get they'll get papered over and some fans will be going oh you're, you're chatting rubbish dreary you, know, you don't know what you're talking about you know who cares about that fair enough but just to you know give it yeah. I'll give Bruce's due those two things for me are you know when you want to be you don't it's hard to find positives when you're 22nd in the table and you're a club like West Brom but they're two things that he's done which he can look back and go he, he made a little bit of a difference certainly yeah, with yeah, Grady, yeah, certainly yeah. With Grady. And, uh, yeah, and, and by, by the way, obviously, I, I probably agree with you about the squad, but, you know, it, it can be turned around, can't it, and say, well, they've got a better squad and look at the league table. Exactly, yeah. precisely. Yeah, yeah, yeah precisely. Yeah. But I think he leaves the squad I think he leaves the squad in a reasonable place, really. Um, yeah, personnel-wise, I'd, I'd agree. There are still yeah. holes, aren't there? And there are still uh, yeah. things that aren't quite right and players yeah. that need to be shifted on, really, where yeah. things are a bit stale. But I, I do agree there. Uh, just one other thing I, I remembered, uh, Charlie, that I should have mentioned in the last kind of point about Bruce being maybe a bit defeated and just the constant changes wasn't there in the last few games. And the one that really stands out, Johnny, was Luton on Saturday and, and going to that back three or you know back five, whatever you, you call it. Obviously, yeah. Ishmael's system that the manager came in and worked so hard to change away from, didn't he? Um, changed away from it, said he did it too quickly, went back to it. Then the summer came and it was like, back four, four, two, three, one, this is us. And um, and the the heavy irony, really, that that for his last game, a nil-nil, so familiar last season, uh, it, it was the back three again. There's 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 a there's a good bit of irony in that. And uh, I mean, Albion looked good defensively on Saturday, didn't they? I think, um, I don't think did, any of dis- dis- disagree with that. So, Maybe it works for the personnel in, and maybe that'll be the one that the caretaker team will, or or, or the new man will have in place. But I just thought that was a, a little bit interesting that that sort of final throw of the dice, he went he went away from what he wanted to build tactically at West Brom. Yeah, no, it's interesting. Um, and just one thing I will say, and this is not, you know, you see Newcastle fans use this a lot. Oh, Brucey's friend in the press, all this, and the press sticking up for Bruce and all this. If you go back through Albion's fixtures, the majority of the games that they've lost, an awful lot has been down to really bad individual errors. Um, and I know that doesn't excuse the, where Albion are on the table, but if you take them out, you know, you, you can't take them out because that's not how football works. But if you take them out, Albion might be in a different place. Bruce might still be in a job. 
Um, he's got a lot wrong in this job. Absolutely. And it, does he deserve to go? Absolutely. You know, the time's come. It was a bad appointment. It never really worked. Um, as much as some people wanted it to work, it never did really work. But if you look at the end, take them individual hours or even take half of them out, mm. and I'll be in a, being a being after position. But and, and what I would just finally on this before we look at the next one, and I remember Joe Joe Massey. I was in your seat before Lewis got a lot of stick for this when Big Val left. Big Val and said Big Val was a really nice guy and he was great to deal with and found oh it doesn't, doesn't have to matter and all this. Mm-hmm. But um, it does really. Football, you know, they, they might they might be footballers and managers and put on a pedestal, but they're still human beings at the end of the day. You know, and Bruce has dealt with himself professionally. I would say you know Saturday was unsavoury. Um, yeah. You know, the, the one derogatory chant towards his son was pretty um pretty grim but you can understand where it's coming from from an Albion point of view we had the video you know we probably would have talked more about the video that came out after Preston today if, if Bruce had yeah not lost his job but I think thought whatever your opinion on it is and you know the passion of that supporter you know yeah he cares about Albion and doesn't want to see his club do very well oh doesn't want to see his club not do well um yeah no I, I thought Bruce handled himself very professionally and I, I can only speak either of him and I've had to ask questions of Bruce and deal with them when you you've not been here or Joe's not been here. He's he's always been willing to answer in first class. And yeah, yeah he hasn't I, done a very good job, but just because he doesn't mean a very good job doesn't mean he's not a very nice bloke. I'd echo that, that. Yeah, for the record, I'd echo that. Um I have dealt with a number of managers over the years. Um and you don't always get it. You don't always get it, dear Johnny, as you will know as well. So um you you especially don't always get it when times are harder. When times when times are, are tougher and results aren't what they should be and the questions aren't all as rosy and happy as managers would want them to be in a press conference. Some you know, some managers don't like that and will will go a certain type of way because of that. But um, and considering how difficult it was with Bruce in terms of lack of wins, there was, there was none of that side of him really was there. He was always handled himself well with us, with certain class I thought and just no matter the, the sort of tone of questions or how many there were he would he would always give his time answering them so yeah and as I said at the top it's it's not always like that with with every manager out there so no it was um yeah like for the record yeah absolutely agree with what you said there yeah just on that as well you know fans don't haven't liked the answers that Bruce has given in recent weeks and we had someone have a bit of a pop at us when we asked for questions yesterday, saying, oh, the local journalist have been letting Bruce off the hook, and et cetera, et cetera. Um, but he's been asked, you know, is he going to walk? Is he going to resign? You know, does he feel he should resign? Do you feel time's up? Can you turn it around? And if the fans don't like the answer to those questions, which they don't because they wanted Bruce to go, that's not the local journalist's fault. You know, we can't lock him in a press conference room and say, Steve, you're not, you're not leaving until you resign. Or until yeah, you say this certain, until you say this certain answer, yeah. and, and but he's as we said, you know, we're wishing wish wishing the very best and his and his staff as well. Um, but the attention now turns to who will replace him. Um, the bookmakers, it was all over the place this morning. It was bouncing round. I wrote the same story three times about the odds on the new manager <laughs> before I actually got it correct. Um, and looking at the betting now, Roy Keane, who was in the stands at Preston last week, um, is now in at five to two. Chris Wilder seven to two, Sean Dyche four to one. Who at the moment is the overriding favourite among Albion fans, really? Scott Parker eight to one, Rob Edwards twelve to one. Who's just lost his job at Watford? Lewis, um, I put the the odds thing out this morning, and a few sort of uh, experts in the betting field said, you know, they'll be quite volatile for the next few hours and settle down. They have settled down, and Bruce and uh, Bruce Keane is still in at five to two, and then there's Wilder <laughs> and, and Dyche. I didn't expect his name to certainly be at the top of the list today. I was going to say, Johnny, what's Bruce at? Oh, um, yeah, he's probably on there. Oh, Roberto Di Matteo's on there, so there is another former Albion manager Roy on Hodgson. there. Okay. 50 to 1. Roy, as, as, did Roy Hodgson did officially confirm his retirement, didn't he? I'm just trying I to think. I think he did, yeah. If he had any, I'm sure he'd be on there as well. Um, yeah, I, the, the Roy Keane one is, um, I mean, the word is interesting, isn't it? Um Really, I, he obviously came to the fore, as you mentioned, at, at Deepdale last week when we heard he was in the crowd. Now, I heard varying stories of why he might have been in the crowd. Obviously, you know, the obvious one is he'd have known Steve Bruce was under pressure and 
is showing an interest, is registering an interest. I think I've watched, obviously Roy Keane's done a lot of high profile things. I think I've watched him say that he'd he'd uh, be interested in getting back in. Obviously, he's waiting for the right one, the right time. It has been a long old time for Roy Keane. 2011, since he was first in, last in charge. Ten years, well, over t- yeah, 11 years. Obviously, I mean, he, was at, he was at Forest as assistant at Villa and Ireland. Yeah, I, 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 I don't think... No, I don't. I don't think that time period should be a reason why a manager shouldn't be able to get back in somewhere. But is that right for Albion now? I'm. I'm not entirely sure about that personally. Um, I. I think he. If it was Roy Keane, let's just play hypothetical. He came in. I think he'd shake it up and sort some things out that needed to be sorted Certainly out. Certainly, instill some discipline. Yeah, I think it could be an interesting, <laughs> interesting watch from close quarters. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, I I'm surprised. Did you say it's still leading the betting? Sorry, still down to five to two at the moment, or he was about yeah. a minute ago. But again, I I do with with this and whenever there's a managerial change, I do you. I think anyone should take it with huge grabs of salt. Really, it's it is is keen leading the market because. The cameras saw him at Preston last week and two and two together there. Yeah. Or is that the only substance to it? You know, it remains to be seen. But I just think comparing Keane to other names out there that we'll get into, I think I think you're seeing a lot more pros, a lot more reasons why others would yeah. surely be stronger candidates out there, surely. Yeah. The one, I, th- I mentioned this to a couple of colleagues, I've probably mentioned it to yourself, you know, I saw after Preston, obviously, people were keen, interested. Um, and I thought he's been out of football for a long time, or certainly first-team management. But his old teammate, Paul Ince, has certainly been out of football for a good nearly 10 years. He's over at Reading doing a yeah. cracking job. I'm just playing devil's advocate here. You know, you can be at, it shows that you can be out of the game for a little while and still, still, still know your apples. That's what I mean. Sorry, Johnny, I've just filled my mouth with crisps. Um, Don't worry. That, that that is what I mean. Where it shouldn't be a total write-off, should it? Because I mean, Reading Reading haven't got the aspirations that that Albion have or should have had at the start of the season. And I'm, but I'm sure there were I'm sure there was a big percent of Reading fans kicking off when Paul Ince was was drafted in. Really, I mean, that was particularly left field, wasn't it? But um, unbelievable job. Just having a look at the table. Where are Reading now? Um, fifth after a couple without a win by the looks, but. But fifth, unbelievable job there. So it shows time out doesn't always mean they're busted flush. Um, but it's it's just it's just there at the back of your mind, isn't it? It's just there at the back of your mind. You wonder how how the game's changed, how management's changed in in that decade period since they've been around. Look, as I say, almost tongue in cheek, I think. Bruce could sorry Bruce. <laughs> I've just done a you there. I've gone Bruce. Did I think, that this morning as well. Yeah. <laughs> Getting out of Bruce mode. I think um I think Keane would uh, would would be useful in a couple of areas, but yeah, not sure. Although yeah, he's getting a lot of flack saying don't want Keane. I'm sure people would rather leave Keane than Wolves and Porter than Steady on. Keep the wolves out of this. Keep the wolves out of this. Um elsewhere, it's Sean Dice. Dice was always going to be named. Um, linked probably the most high profile on that list who who is available at the moment um, it wouldn't require competition which I'm sure Albion do not want to pay after the Valerian Ishmael debacle um, he seems to be for pretty much favourite with the fans at the moment Lewis you look at it and some people put Dyche in this you know this managerial merry-go-round that contained for a while the likes of Allardyce and Hodgson and, and Bruce um, I think that's a little bit unfair on Dyche really you know he started at Watford mm. He's had a really good spell at Burnley where on a shoestring he's got them up. I think they come down and they went back up, kept them up. Um, for me, on looking on the balance of it, yeah, you might take a punt on a young manager and it'll be great. But if you wanted someone who, a solid appointment, he's probably the name, isn't he, on that list? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree with you there, mate. I, I don't think it's fair or right to chuck Dyche on that merry-go-round of names you just mentioned simply because well yeah he had 10 10 years at Burnley until when did he leave end of end of uh end of last season yeah um 10 by and large hugely successful years taking with all respects to Burnley an unfashionable club 
into the top flight and five in there really just in terms of keeping them up i know it's a certain style a certain way there and and all of that and and Daesh obviously tapped into that and bought into that and helped burnley thrive in that i don't i don't i think he did an outstanding job at burnley overall and he's obviously by now you would think i mean what are we mid-october almost certainly be wanting to get back in wouldn't he you'd have thought and i i would think that west brom would interest him yeah he's Um, massively leading in our fans poll which yeah well that's that's interesting i mean yeah you will ask me and you it's probably it's probably one for the end of the pod so spoiler alert but he'd at the minute, I I am leaning towards him of the candidates. There are others I'm I'm interested in, yeah. uh, and I think could could be a good job. But I, yeah, I'm just I'm just struggling to see. Um, I'm just struggling to see too many negatives when it comes to Daesh. Yeah. You go through other names, and and that there might be reasons why not, mightn't there be? But with Daesh, and I've said a couple of things mentioned about, you know, how, how much how much Daesh would want paying. In terms of the thing is the style of play, you know, I think he gets wrongly labelled. Well, that's a fair shout. And it was one through one that Big Sam had through his career. And if you look at the jobs that Big Sam had, when when Big Sam had offensive players and had good players at his disposal, at times his teams did play good stuff. He's Bolton side side like a cotcher. He's Bolton side, he's West Ham side at times as well. You know, when he comes in at West Brom, they've got to go and defend for for, for 90 minutes. You know, and try and get points. And I think Dice is Dice is the same. And, and let's be honest, he's got the squad with the fifth highest wage bill in the division. He's got some very good offensive players who are very low on confidence at the moment. But it doesn't make them bad footballers. No, it's not. It's not going to be a Dice back five and soak up no. every game and have thirty percent possession, is it? That just won't happen. It, it, Albion did similar at Norwich, where they didn't have much of the ball, but that was Carrow Road. There aren't many. There aren't many trips like that in this division either, where Albion aren't. The favourites are at least expected to have the lion's share of the ball or things like that. I agree with you. Yeah, this was this was Burnley in the Premier League, and again, I don't want to do a disservice to Burnley, but he's really swimming against the tide there, isn't he? In terms of competition, in terms of what Burnley could spend, what they could bring in, what they could realistically attract. I mean, he, he, I mean, he never, or very, very rarely, I can think of he. He slightly started to towards the end of his tenure when he brought in the likes of Cornet to Turf Moor, the winger. But he he sort of shopped locally, didn't he? he shopped in the British Isles, British players, um, yeah, sort of seasoned players who'd experienced the Football League, know what it's all about, maybe had stints in the Prem before. And it wasn't glamorous. It wasn't the glamour names coming in for overseas, but... It worked, didn't it? How long did they stay in the top flight? It absolutely worked. All right. It eventually you know, might become stale or, or tiresome and Burnley might want more or different. And they've obviously gone with different, haven't they, with Vincent Company? Very different, having been relegated. But I, and obviously at Turf Moor, and each and every Premier League club that went to Turf Moor, I think, it came with that cold and windy it, it was the new stoke on a tuesday night wasn't it, it yeah it, it was it was the the grim one to go to where you're going to get battered physically but if, if you're asking me does that mean that dice would bring direct bad poor dull football to albin in the championship to this with this squad i don't think so yeah. I, I think i think there'd be there's players there to win games aren't there it's just it's just reviving yeah reviving the squad, reviving those individuals who haven't been at it. I, I, I think Dice seems to me, I don't know him, I haven't worked with him, but the kind of character who would be able to do that and sort of relish being able to to get them off the ground and turn it around. Yeah, I think he would be. Just looking at the results of our poll at the moment, it's only been up about 40 minutes, but Dice 52%. Uh, John Terry, second with 11%. Roy Keane, 10%. Uh, Rob Edwards, 8 Chris Wilder, 6 Carlos Corbran, two. Robbins, five. Michael Carrick, four. David Wagner, two percent. Um, Lewis, just the other one of the top three, and then I'm going to fire all the names on the list at you and get a yes or a no. Um, Chris Wilder's the, the the second. Actually, he's ahead of, of Dyche in, in the betting at the moment. Um, did well at Sheffield United, double promotion. 
Mm-hmm. Um, fell out with the owners a little bit there. Didn't really end very well. And then being at Middlesbrough, didn't, a lot like Bruce at Albion, didn't really go massively well at Middlesbrough. Certainly this season, lost his job. Is that a bit of a blot on his copybook now? Even though he's, you know, he's obviously still <laughs> a good manager, but yeah, maybe. Um, when when you just said Wilder six percent there in our poll, I'm not so surprised, but I almost fell off my chair. I I I, I thought that would be significantly higher. Um, I have to say Wilder. For me, he's, he's probably up there just lagging behind Dyche in terms of who I think would come and do well. I was just always so impressed with him at Chef U. Now I realise, obviously, uh, the history and how he, he was a target before and how that didn't play out and how he ended up not at the Hawthorns. But I'm just going by who I think out there would be good and do well at Albion. He's right up there for me. I, I get the blot on the copy, but obviously it hasn't didn't work at all at Middlesbrough, did it? Did he have a year at Middlesbrough? I don't even think he was there a year, was he? Um, uh, and from what I've read, I can't claim to be an expert on on things up there, but I don't think the dynamic was the best, was it, by all accounts, with with Wilder and uh, and the powers that be at Boris. So, all right, that'd have to be looked at. But in terms of his achievements and how he gets teams playing, and a uh, bit different to Dyche in that regard, isn't he? But yeah, I'm, I was always a big fan of watching his teams play. And if it was just managers out there that would Oh, I think would do a good job. He'd be right, he's right up there for me, to be honest, regardless yeah. of how Borough went. Right. I just want to mention one other. I've looked for the the, the betting odds this morning. There's one name that I came across that I didn't know, and he's in at 16 to 1 now. Uh, well, well, he wasn't 16, I think he's 20 now. Uh, Anthony Barry, who's former coach at Wigan Athletic. He's current first team coach at Chelsea um, and with the Belgian national team. He's worked with the Irish national team as well. Um, if you were going for one of them young up and coming pups or managers, um, he would be someone that fits the bill in that sense. There was, I can't imagine him getting too close to the job, but I only flag him just because he's one that I didn't really know an awful lot about until I did a bit of research. Yeah, it's an interesting name, isn't it? And I think fans would be interested to look into his backstory there. You mentioned his Belgian work and obviously the Wigan previous. That's presumably under the Robbie Martinez, isn't it? Yeah, so Belgian uh, man. Yeah. Potentially, Same. I know he worked with Paul Cook. He worked with Paul Cook at Wigan, but I'm sure his Wigan link probably came via that. Yeah, yeah. Um, Sean Maloney was working there, wasn't he? Belgium as well. So yeah, um, interesting one. There, there are a few, aren't there? Sort of young coaches that have knocked around the elite clubs, as you mentioned, Barry and Chelsea, um, who are, who are looking to ply their own trade. You know, get drop into the leagues, drop down a level or a level or two, and and take it on themselves and build their own leading management career the, the obvious one is obvious is kieran mckenna at ipswich um yeah he's a name who, who, yeah. who has been mentioned by a lot of supporters that i've seen and he's doing very good things at portman road so perhaps watch his space with him and see how that plays out regards his future and whether he gets it switch up back up into the championship but it is an interesting little dynamic about young coaches doing that isn't there and, and michael carrick he could now obviously everyone knows who michael carrick is um, but in regards coaching and management, he's in that similar situation, isn't he? Where he's been at United, Fletcher, Darren Fletcher, of course. Um, but but Carrick's been at United, and now we just we, we see him sort of constantly linked with this Borough job, don't we? So whether Carrick comes into the the Albion thinking, would yeah, be I think he's his odds have gone really short for Middlesbrough at the moment. So it looks yeah. like he's heading to to the northeast. Um, Lewis, we're gonna have a game of yes or no. Now I'm gonna go for all the names that are listed on Sky Bets. Well, I'm going with Sky Bet, but other. Betting companies are available. I'm in um, trouble here with this, yes or no? Yeah. Yes or no? We're going to go from the, 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 the biggest odds they're offering to the shortest odds. Um, right, you ready? No. This is re- this can replace the quiz this week because we've got no quiz this week. Um, right, top odds. Roberto Di Matteo, 50 to 1. No. Marcelo Bielsa, 33 to 1. Wow. Wow. Uh, yes or no? Uh... Uh, yeah. Nathan Jones, 28 to 1. No. Darren Moore, 28 to 1. Yeah. Daniel Farker, 28 to 1. Yes. Liam Manning, 25 to 1. Mm, no. John Terry, 25 to 1. No. Carlos Carvajal, 25 to 1. 
quickly, Johnny, where's he been recently? Not sure. Abroad, I think. Oh, uh, yeah, right. OK. Uh, I've got now. Gary Rowett, 22 to 1. Mm, no. Duncan Ferguson, 22 to 1. <laughs> wow. Uh, no. David Wagner, 22 to 1. Yes. Anthony Barry, 22 to 1. No. Wayne Rooney, 20 to 1. Ooh. Uh, I like that one, yeah. Liam Rossini, 20 to 1. No. Michael Carrick, 18 to 1. Uh, no. Mark Robbins, 16 to 1. Ooh, no. Carlos Corberan, 14 to 1. Um, yes. Rob Edwards, 12 to 1. Just no. Scott Parker, 8 to 1. No. Sean Dyche, 4 to 1. Yeah. Chris Wilder, 7 to 2. Yeah. Roy Keane, 5 to 2. No. There we go. It's nailed on. Roy well, Keane's well, going to get the well, last we one. Job, the, we can edit the last one to yes if it happens. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> There's no, all the no, mentions. There's, so a few in there, isn't there? There's a few further down, you know. Wow, some of them, some of those really took me back. Yeah, I, I was, I was living in a, in a split second there. That yeah. the prospect of working with Bielsa's translator for every yeah. single press conference, and that, yeah. that was the, I, I love Bielsa, and I, I think his football at Leeds was class. But that was the thing that was really, it was really edging me towards no, the prospect of, um, of having to, you know, hear it translated and hear it twice again that would be that would be interesting okay, um, yeah, we'll, but yeah we'll, no, probably more no's than yes in there yeah i'd have said so i'd have said so yeah um there we go there's the uh the full list of albion um well the candidates according to the bookmakers we'll uh we'll go through a few of your questions very shortly we'll rattle through them we've got two well i'm gonna have to split the sets up because we asked for questions pre-bruce sacking so we've got a couple from either side um just before that time for an advert um and this week at the kettle and toaster man it's not kettles it's not toasters it's ceramic wi-fi radiators you can get a beldray 1000 watt smart controlled wi-fi ceramic radiator for just 175 pound now we all know the cost of living crisis you need to try and save a bit of money um and these things can really sort you out so for 175 pound get yourself down to the kettle and toaster man as we said it's not just kettles and toasters down there at thorns road in brawley hill or you can head online to the kettle and toaster man.co.uk right questions before we finish off obviously as i said we got no quiz this week um first one we're going to go for is one to liven your spirits this question was asked pre-bruce sacking uh when your toxic football team lets you down week in week out what do you do to take your mind off it? What's your comfort blanket that always makes things better? Well, I was pretty angry still yesterday morning. I cut up some logs with a chainsaw. Wow. And then went and played golf. But then that wow. chills me out playing golf. But then if you play rubbish, it can make it worse. So man of yeah. your ability surely has no rubbish. What round. do you what 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 do you do, Lewis, when Liverpool lose? Obviously we all know you're a uh, um yeah. I um one of my main other sporting passions is snooker. I love I love um I like watching that. I do a lot of that and I do a lot of um I try and play pool as much as I can. Um terrible at snooker. Can't <laughs> terrible. table's too big. Yeah, well it is, yeah. I I, <laughs> I enjoy playing pool. I, I love that. Um can, can, can we say hit the beers? Is that an acceptable answer? Hit the beers, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah we don't condone, drink responsibly. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's why I wasn't sure. But um, yeah. I think yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Because, I mean, we're slightly different in that you're covering your the club you support, my work, and club I support is different. So it's kind of, you, have the, you might have the doom and gloom of work. Yeah. And then and then you have the other side of it with the team oh. you support and so on. But yeah. um, I can't even go to work to get away from it at the moment. Yeah, that's unfortunate for you, but... Uh, <laughs> There we yeah. are. There we what, go. what else do I do to switch off? I just try and something that's something that's not football related, yeah. which which is difficult. 
um, when when you're sort of so involved with it and have such a passion for it. But it's uh, it's good to switch off out for a, out for a walk somewhere in the in the blessed fresh air. Yeah, that's 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 the dream. That's a that's the the more healthy version than uh, get on the beers, but uh, a healthy right, well, mix of Healthy mix of both. Uh, at Baggy1971, can you ask Lewis, oh, sorry, can you or Lewis inquire with Ian Skidmore, if anyone doesn't know who that is, it's the communications manager or director at Albion, as to why the radio silence from RG Ron Gourlay has been repeatedly told to us on the Albion Assembly that transparency and openness with the fans is vital. Um, sure, that, that question has been asked um, and can be asked again. Um, Ron Gourlay did sit down with the locals early into his tenure um hasn't happened since and he has talked about open transparency and openness and you know those fuel was added to that fire with the what happened on the the deadline day which no one really knows exactly what happened um and this at the moment so i'm sure that's something that can be asked um yeah yeah i mean it's been uh, i think as has been touched on on social media it's, it's being asked and we're Hopeful that we get a chance too soon. I mean, as, uh, all I can really say is it's it's obviously being asked, and it's not our decision when that happens. So, so watch the space. Hopefully, we get a chance too soon. That's what we all want. I think that's that's what we want to ask. That's what we want to hear. That's what fans want to hear. So, you know, I'd like to get the chance too soon. Uh, I think the first sit down, the first sit down was before I started. So, it'd be good to have the chance to do that. Obviously, when we have the appointment of a new manager in the coming days or week, I'm sure that will come up. But um, yeah, it'd be good to have have a sit down to to chat other things, as you say. Yeah. Uh, next one from Harry Sibiter. Interesting question. Which three members of West Brom staff, board team, coaching staff, backroom staff, would you and Lewis Cox most like to sit down to dinner with and get their off the record accounts of what on earth is going on at the club? That is a very, very good question. <laughs> I would probably say maybe someone on the coast, maybe like a James Morris or something like that. He's been there for a while. Going to and, say and, yeah. and maybe and maybe a couple of staff, non-playing or coaching related, who've been at the club for a long, long time, but know everything that's going on. I wouldn't mm. know any names. I'm sure there's someone in there, like I don't know, an admin staff or, or something like that. Someone who's security. On the, yeah, security or someone someone who sees everything. Flies on the wall. Yeah. That they they they'd be the ones that I sit down with. Yeah, that's a good shout. I I thought of Mazza. Um, you'd have that sort of link, really between the playing side of it and and from the from the management and coaching side of it. Yeah, it's hard. I'd agree with you. People in in the background who have that long term sort of knowledge of and context of having overseen manager changes and things like that. That'd be fascinating, wouldn't it? Um, yeah, wouldn't mind that if you can arrange that, Johnny. Yeah, yeah, certainly. Uh, another question. I answered this on Twitter last night, but I'm just going to um, just going to read it out for those who didn't see. I'm just trying to find it. Oh, this one above. We'll just men- brief mention Duke Ross of Malvern. Having covered the lower leagues, are there any League One grounds you're looking forward to visiting next season? I let. I want more positivity from you, Duke Ross. Whoever you That's are. That's very. I, I'm. Yeah. I'm finding that particularly offensive, to be honest. <laughs> I, I don't even want to go there. Get your chin up. Things are going to look up soon. Um, this was from. <laughs> I've Baggy, done your time. Yeah, Baggy Al. Um, if we don't got this season, which is very, to be honest, very likely. Um, next season, the, the the last year of parachute payments, being the last year of parachute payments. Sorry, and next season being the last year of parachute payments. And the club already struggling for cash. How bad would the club potentially be financially? Could we be looking at a fire sale to raise funds? I don't know that. But from what I've looked, and a fan said that this was wrong, but I can't find anything to the contrary. Um, each club that gets relegated receives 55% of the amount that each Premier League team would collect. That's in the first year, which would have been last year. Um, reduced to 45 in the second year, which is this year. And then 20 in year three. So I, unless someone can produce something to show me otherwise, I can't find anything out there. To say that Albion would get less than, or Albion wouldn't get nothing like next season. As I understand, they'll get 20% of what they would get in the Premier League as the final parachute payment. Beyond that, it's nothing. Um, well, that's exactly, how I yeah. understand it works. Yeah. But it, that's still a significant amount. Would there need to be a fire sale? Um, I don't think so, but I think you wouldn't. There would be some balancing of the books 
Certainly. Yeah, it's, I, I was just thinking it depends what comes in for who, doesn't it? If you looked at it, if you looked at it, Alex, you'd probably say Harvey got to the end of the season and finished just outside the playoffs. There are some players in that squad who were in the final year of their deal who were on some good money. So I would imagine them taking their wages off the wage bill would probably. I can't imagine the manager in the summer would have an awful lot to work with. Um, but I don't think it will be a bad as bad a situation maybe as some may fear beyond that potentially um, yeah i mean i suppose there could be a situation where players even you know some that aren't involved might be happy to sit on it and might not want to move because of being on good money which which we wouldn't want to really see would we and wouldn't, wouldn't be particularly good but um yeah if, if you're asking fire sale if you're asking miss out on the playoffs and I think we've mentioned this before, haven't we? Someone comes in for um, for Wallace, who presumably has been one of the, the big key players this season, you know, throughout the whole season. Are Albion going to be in a situation where they have to sell? The, the hopeful answer is no. But again, I think balancing of the books is fair. It, it, it depends. Albion will have a list of players. They're open to listen to offers to players who are for sale available. And, um, and you would wager that they're good the players that performed well, their key players, whoever will be the manager by this point, um, they'll ad- adopt a this not for sale approach. I mean, unless we're talking, you know, a top flight X club comes in or newly promoted Premier League X club com- comes in. Um, yeah, you hope, hopeful that even if they miss out, as you say, I'll be not be able to keep hold of who they want to keep hold of. But yeah, a lot, a lot's got to go on before then, hasn't it? So it's quite hard to say. Yeah, uh, Darren Price or at Daz Baggy. How is the manager search going to take place? As Gourlay has failed to hire a technical director or make any appointments to the football board despite being in the role for eight months, is it just down to him or will it be led by agents? That's something that probably at the moment we don't know. But one thing I think early indications is, Lewis, they're not going to rush. Um, yeah, that's, yeah, on this one. yeah, yeah, that's what we uh, that's what we understand. Uh, as far as I'm aware and as far as I'm led to believe that uh, the chief executive, Ron Gourlay, will. He is in charge of football decisions and will be overseeing this disappointment. You touched on it earlier, Johnny. It's not a, it's not a big, by any means, massive board, is it? And he's the man overseeing the football in matters. And I dare say he'll be the man, as I touched on at the start of the pod, addressing registers of interest, CVs, applications, agents, because agents will be involved. That's just how the game works at any level. And uh, yeah, and 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 a. Uh, Obviously, a lot rests on his his plate in the coming days and weeks, and hopefully yeah. it comes off right. Yeah, uh, Amsterdam Baggy. In your opinion, what is the goal for the rest of the season for the new manager? And do we have any idea as a type of manager Goy would be looking for? I think the goal for the season is still to go up. You look at the table today. Um, I'll be the ten points off the playoffs, but I think everyone everyone who struggles early on can use the yardstick of Nottingham Forest last season. Um, I think they were probably more adrift of of any sort of playoff push at this stage last season and they went on an unbelievable run under Steve Cooper. So it's possible. Um I'd say that's probably still the goal. I saw the goal in the in the very near future, short term, even not near future, short term, yeah. is to get out of the relegation zone, really. But yeah. I'm sure yeah. that idea of getting in the playoffs and getting up at the, you know, the business end when we say of the table, it's gonna be the that's going that's surely got to be the ambition for any any manager that comes in because even though we have played 13 games you know and things were only going one way under Bruce there is a lot of t- long time to go and with a run things can turn round. Ten, yeah ten I suppose 10 points by this relatively early stage is is a fair gap but as you touched on there it's in the scheme of a whole season to come and things that can change regards form and my momentum number of games left it's it's far from done and dusted isn't it the way teams can fall off a cliff the way teams fly in the second half of the season factor the January transfer window which is re- relevant relevant maybe regards how the um the repayment to this uh this loan happens or doesn't prior to that from the owner um so yeah no I totally agree 10 points between where Albion are now and the top six is absolutely doable with the amount of time left but obviously Albion have to have to change things performance and results wise quite drastically for that to happen but I mean 
call me daft, I don't know, call me naive, but I still think I still think there's the tools there to do it personally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um not a question, but something I picked out and retweeted today. Um Spencer George, who we've chatted to on the podcast before, um, just tweeted we know that the the flack that Bruce got at Birmingham at uh, Birmingham and Newcastle and it's always got quite heated and he just put let's remember to be a bit more classy than Newcastle fans and not go in too personal on Bruce. He tried, he failed, we move on. Um I just wanted to, to read that out. It's it's pretty um it was a pretty good tweet to be fair. And yeah, Newcastle fans, you know, they were angry with what what happened at their football club, but you know, as we said, and I think the, the reaction on Twitter has been very much like that today. And just going to ask two more questions. Um, and I'm just trying to pick the best ones out here. Um, uh, someone's just saying here, please tell me the Roy Keane rooms are a joke. 11 years or so out of the game, can't take that type of risk. Um, yeah, it is a risk. But I've had a lot of tweets from fans today going, wow, oh, what's he ever won? Roy Keane won the championship with Sunderland. And he kept them in the Premier League. So he has done some... Uh, granted, it was over 10 years ago. but I He think, did well there, didn't he? Yeah. yeah, and this is what like this is what gets me sometimes. All right, these people are probably... A couple of people tweeting in, maybe you're too young to remember that. But it's almost like if something happened beyond 10, 15 years ago, it doesn't really count in football. Um, it, this is just like a real like pet peeve of mine. It was this only invented like, in 92, the game, remember? Well, there is that, yeah. My dad says that a lot. He'd be laughing when he listens to this. Um <laughs> But it, that that seems to be the case. But yeah, I get your point. Um, if Keane was appointed, I'd be very surprised. But I, I'm not surprised that his name is um, in the in the French gas. One more, um, and this is from Nath Aldridge. Uh, if you were wrong, would you go young and fresh, i.e. Carrick, Fletcher, Corbrand? Car- I have to say, Carrick's at 18 to one. Fletcher's not in the in the running with the bookies at the moment. Um, Corbrand did well at Huddersfield. And basically write the season off, give them time to go and build, or do we go more experienced, Dyche Wilder, someone like that, with a remit to get them to the playoffs and ultimately get promoted? I suppose that's the that's the the, the, the question, isn't it? I, I yeah. imagine they'll lean more towards the latter. Um, but it would be interesting to see Albion go with that. Go, you know, young, hungry, yeah, fresh. Would. I think if you go back through if you go back through Albion's managerial appointments, the last one that probably really sat in that ilk was maybe well, I suppose Val to an extent, Steve Clark. Yeah, was a but he coach. had a club at the at the level, hadn't he? Yeah, so, Steve Clark was a coach. Um, yeah. Roberto Di Matteo had only really had limited success at MK Dons. Um, mm. But yeah, it'd be, it's inter- it'll be interesting to see either way. Good question, but it'll be interesting to to see which way they do decide to go with that one ultimately. Yeah, because that's the um, that's the the difference. Thank you very much for your questions, Albion fans. We're almost going to wrap up. I'm going to ask Lewis the uh, the burning question that I've had um, for a while. Um, but I just wanted to to give a little shout today. We're recording this on October the 10th, um, and I saw this tweet from from Norwich before actually, and a, a tweet from them a while ago. Um, today is um, hashtag World Mental Health Day. Norwich have put a very good video out about um, you know picking up the phone and talking to someone if you're struggling. So I thought you know there's probably people who listen to this podcast who it was struggling right now or struggled in the past and reached out and got help. Um, so if you are do and you know it is World Mental Health Day today. So if you're you are struggling, get out there, get online, look for what help is available. There's loads of articles out there today. Um, and like we said, pick up the phone, speak to someone, or go online and and look for look for the information. It's all out there. Um, so yeah, and and then finally, Lewis, I'm going to ask you the big question. You're you're Ron Gawley, you're the chief executive. You've got your own parking space at the training ground. Uh, <laughs> you've got a Range Rover with uh, what we're we going to say there, L the L summit number Cox. Yeah. As a yeah. personalised plate, you've got the suit on. You're looking pretty smart. You're the Albion chief exec. You've got to make a decision. You've got all their managers lined out in front of you. Uh, not literally at the training ground, just got all the <laughs> That would be a cool way yeah. to do all it. All lined up, yeah, all lined up. Yeah, next West Brom manager, reveal yourself. Um, uh, you've got all the, the managers there. Who are you um, Who are you picking? Who, who's your choice? If you are had you to, asking me for one? Yeah, you're number one. If you had to pick it now, you had the decision. Uh, and all the, names, all the names in the running that we've mentioned. Yeah, and what, what length of contract would you offer them? I'm going to ask you that. Oh, that's questions. a good question. Um, I would appoint. I uh, I would appoint Dyche on a two and a half year deal. Part, I, I was actually leaning towards two years, but I realised that took us to a mid season, so yeah, yeah. I rounded up to two and a half. But um, yeah, that's where my head's at. But um, 
as always, I'm very persuasive. I'm very uh, easily led, so I might change yeah. my mind. But, but how about, can, I, can I ask you? Probably Dyche. And the, the reason is the, he's probably the only one for me on that list. Maybe even probably Wilder, him and Wilder, who are young and oh, not young and up and coming managers. But even if they don't get Albion up this season, there is the potential to build there. You can go again. You yeah. probably trust them to try and build something. Um, but yeah, probably Dyche. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting to interesting. Yeah, that's still a bit of discipline. He's got the record, but we'll see. I'm sure it's going to be a very interesting uh week, few weeks. We expect the, the interim team. Uh, we haven't even mentioned the interim team are. So it's going to be Richard Beale as the under 21s manager, um, assisted by Gary Walsh, goalkeeper coach. Uh, James Morrison and Chris Brunt has been taking or helping take training today as well. So I'm sure he'll be in and around it as well. Um, but it's been some Monday on the Albion front. Um, change has come. Change was needed. Um, now they have to really get this one right. Gary Megson came in in early in early 2000, changed the fortunes of the club, and it turned out to be a big appointment. You'd argue that this is probably the biggest appointment since then, and Albion really do have to get it right. We'll be bringing you all the latest on the search for a new Albion manager. Uh, we might they might be in place next week, so we might be able to talk about them on the pod. But if not, we'll bring you all the latest um, news and everything around Albion. So. Thank you very much for listening. For the arrest of your Albion uh, news this week, head to expressastar.com ahead of the trip to Reading. Uh, thanks for listening. Until next time, goodbye.